0: I can only really think about what's in front of me, which is the street.
1: <laughs> so, today we have Holly Stop It, who is a clown and circus performer and street performer. Um, of enormous experience and she's also, ta-da! <laughs> she's also uh, a drama therapist and uses her skills to help people with their uh, mental well-being and um, uh, related ways in which clowning and drama can help people on a personal level. Uh, she's also founded therapy, which um, I'm sure is something we'll get into discussing. So Holly, welcome.
0: Hi Andrew, hi.
1: Hello, hello, hello! Good to see you. I've uh, seen you uh, on video before. and um, I'll put some links to others of your talks. Nice to lovely to talk to you in person.
0: Oh, nice to see you. I've had a look at your website. I know all about you. <laughs>
1: Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Online, <laughs> you sort of know a fair amount about someone before you actually. I
0: think. That weirder the, the longer you go before you've told somebody that you've googled them I try to get it in really early like hello I've googled, googled you yeah because it otherwise on. it just gets really weird because you're like actually I know that about you and I know that about yeah, you yeah yeah <laughs> just declare it all up front look I know everything about you <laughs> yeah this
1: is what I know this one <laughs> yeah yeah interesting thing which um hmm can I do a magical segue into um uh vulnerability there it's something about like, um, look, thinking about what, what we do in, um, what I do in improv with people and what you do in clowning. It seems to be a lot about connection and um, look how much of ourselves we're we allowed to be seen. And um, yeah, I'm really interested in your relationship to that might be a nice place to start, Like, right? What's your relationship to being seen and um, how does that fit with clowning?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I do really think that vulnerability is at the, the heart of it, the willingness to be seen, fully seen in all of it. And I think for me personally, it took me a really long time to allow myself to be fully seen. I was a classic hider, avoider. Uh, (laughs) And I had lots of different ways of kind of hiding in plain sight. So I made a lot of noise was my best strategy. I was massive extrovert, you know, always the life and soul of the party. The one that's going here in the foreground. Um, And it takes a lot of energy to be that one and to keep that up all the time. So. It wasn't until I was actually training to be a drama therapist when I was in my early 30s that I kept coming across this thing about vulnerability and allowing yourself to be seen and vulnerability and allowing yourself to be seen. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I would do anything in the world to avoid it. So much so that my lecturer, the main lecturer of my drama therapy masters, wrote a paper about how to help students embrace their vulnerability because she watched me with complete dismay for three years, completely refusing to be seen. But no, just I'm you know, this is I call this the wall of noise. <laughs> and this, you know, this could be like, you know, exhibitionism, which is you know my, my favorite one. Or or it could be, you know, facts. Here's my facts, here's my intelligence. Look at all the things I know. Or, you know, th- there's so many ways that you can build the wall to hide behind. And I was the master of that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love that. That thing you said about hiding in plain sight, and how often, even when we're sort of being public, we can hide in different ways, like like through performing or being clever or um, trying to make everything perfect
0: really appropriate, you know. Some of that is a really appropriate way to meet the world because yeah. it's not appropriate, really, to just kind of go. Look, here's my heart. <laughs> it's like it's not like not with everybody that you meet, like yeah. <laughs> in the world. So, so, you know, I think it, I, for for me, the, the 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 aim of the game isn't to like you know live without your skin. Just let everybody see your beating heart. Like yeah. that that's hell. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's hell and that's that's not the aim of the game and and I really thank you know my my protective parts of me that have kind of kept me safe through my life of like being able to just put on a show at the drop of a hat is is an incredible talent an incredible skill that I've developed and it keeps me safe but it doesn't work in intimate relationships (laughs) (laughs) I just
1: got the weirdest image. Then oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> I'm just performing at people all the time. It creates a wedge in the connection, and yeah. and there's and there's no space for reciprocity. It's just me pushing and pushing and pushing. So that's kind of what I learned through through my my drama therapy training, but also through the years and years of meditation training that I've had is so gradually over the years I've been learning to soften soften and let things in and then let myself be seen mm. I like to think of myself like a tea bag like so like you know with all those perforations so I could I can let things in now I can let things touch me and I don't get overwhelmed by it I can embrace it and be curious about it and Decide which parts I want to hold on to, which parts I want to just let flow through me to the other side. Yeah, the tea bag.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a nice metaphor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Um. And how about your? So it sounds like almost you've done a journey from one end, and we incorporated like, uh, like maybe a. A softer quieter side yeah I'm, I'm taking a guess that a lot of people who you who come to your classes might be going in the opposite direction <laughs> yeah
0: i guess it's 50 50 i get yeah. well you know people come for all different reasons so. so what 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 kind of
1: what on a personal level what kind of benefits do you find people get because i think this, this is quite interesting in like the performing arts this idea that there's a whole area where they can help, they can be a practice to find certain skills or develop things that might be helpful for us, um, even if there's never any paying audience involved.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. and I I would say probably less than half the people who are coming to my courses are considering it performance training, so So the majority of people who come to my courses are there for personal development reasons, and yeah. they're there because they want to. They want to embrace disowned parts of themselves. So often, yeah, often it is the people coming from the introvert to the to the extrovert and wanting to kind of have the permission to really embrace those kind of awkward weird kind of quirky bits that they've always been told are not appropriate and they're not okay they've been told throughout their lives that look you need to be normal <laughs> you need to you need to act like a normal human being this is not going to get you anywhere so my job is to do the absolute reverse and go all of that shit that you've been told forget it all of these bits of you are beautiful and this you know once you really allow these parts out of you then you shine and you become vibrant and so the world wants to know more about you and more opportunities open up for you so there are a lot of people that are sort of coming on that on that trajectory and then there's also a lot of people coming on the other trajectory with a similar one to me which is the extrovert to introvert trajectory where they're learning to 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 soften and they're learning to that they're, they're learning that there's other choices like there there's a kind of compulsion to perform for, for myself and lots of other people, the compulsion to be, perform is comes from a place of protection and fear and and uh, survival. And I have to do this, otherwise I'm going to die. So the the classes are a chance to kind of to to look at that and with gentleness and compassion and go, oh, there's part of me that really needed to push to feel safe. That part of me can maybe take a little break. Let's see who else is around. So. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, bringing those those parts of ourselves that we, along the way, just kind of learnt they're not okay or they're not welcome, and bringing them back into being allowed. You yeah. so don't have to do it all the time, but yeah. it's an it, it becomes an option.
0: Yeah, and not and not even allowed. It's, uh, it's celebrated. Yeah. So that's I think that's the purpose of my classes, really. To help people get all of their weirdness out and then to have it celebrated, like, wow, that's you, brilliant. Pete, I tell you, the, the longer and longer people go into my training, the more and more eccentric they become. <laughs> <laughs> they start wearing really odd clothes uh, and they start, they do start dressing very funny and they start doing the hair funny colors and like, yeah. But, and they do start making strange choices.
1: <laughs> amazing. I, you know, like those weight loss adverts have like before and after. I want to have like before and after photos for your courses.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: It's <laughs> <That'd be> amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I'm quite interested in failure. Mm. A lot of, um, you know, when people from outside improv and clowning, think about The first thing people say to me is they say, oh, you do improv, you're brave. You must be brave. It's like (laughs) the first response. I imagine you might have people say the same. And I think that just speaks to how much fear there can be around, quote, failure, unquote. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, you said uh, in in your TED talk, you said the the clown thrives on the edge of the flop. Um, yeah, so I wanted to speak to that, like crowning failure, and
0: yeah, I think that's you know it's a big part of what I offer is is resilience training. Actually, I offer a lot of a lot of tools for self care and resilience, and and also tools for connection, learning about how to connect deeply and intimately, and and so that becomes our resource toolkit. we can then move out from so I put as much time into that the training resilience as I do into performance training and and I think that that's that that's what yeah that's what's unique about my practice is that I'm very much focused on resilience resourcing helping people learn the techniques that help them take care of themselves so that then when they are approaching the clowning yeah, the clown, the clown thrives on the edge of the flop. It's true, but to actually, really, really feel okay about being on the edge of failure, uh, you have to really feel okay about being on the edge of failure. You can't fake that, because if there's parts of you that are still holding on for dear life, then, then you're not able to really give it. You're not really able to open your heart and offer it because you're there's still part of you that's like, ah. No. So there's a lot of. There's a lot of, of practice of of this letting go, and and this happens within a safe space. So everything I do is within a sort of therapeutically held space with, with uh, confidentiality and boundaries, and and we build up our connections over the time that we're together, and people start to feel braver and braver through these connections, so that when we fail in front of each other, we're failing in front of our friends. We're failing in front of our peers. We're failing in front of, you know, our buddies who are also failing. And then, you know, we, we lift each other up together. So once we've had a taste of failure and it's okay, in this situation, it's okay. We're supported. It's not the end of the world. Then we get braver. Then we can start taking that out into the world and failing galore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've had the embodied experience of I didn't die. Yes, I know I did a terrible piece of clowning it was some of the worst theatre that anybody has ever seen nobody laughed but I didn't die
1: yes. and
0: people still accepted me and I could still you know have lunch with people and yes. you know it wasn't the end of the world so yeah definitely people get braver
1: yeah and you, you mentioned connection there, and I think there's a connection and trust that, there's, well, there's such healing things To be able to do something, for example, like to do a terrible piece of clowning and to not be rejected from the group, you know, everyone's still your friends. Um, That's such a deep learning for most of us. Uh, And also, there's connection, there's something about, um, we keep saying failure, but like kind of doing something, it doesn't work or it's a bit weird or whatever. It's actually very connecting, bonding. Thing sometimes because people see the vulnerability and the weirdness and that's what they love
0: yeah and that's really central to clowning so with clowning the training is um we're noticing when we when we go into shame When we do something wrong or bad, I don't believe in either of those things, and we go into shutdown and we take our eyes down and our body kind of starts to close down and we take ourselves, we become separate and we, we become disconnected. So the clown does the absolute opposite of that. When the clown fucks up, when the clown makes a mistake, instead of taking it down like this, they take it up and they connect to the audience and they offer themselves like, oh, this thing happened, I... I don't know how it happened but oh. and in that connection, in that eye contact, in that innocence, um, the audience can see themselves and the laughter comes from resonance, mm. the laughter comes from the audience going, ah, that's me I know that, I've been yeah. there and really beautiful
1: yeah amazing yeah, and as you call your um, classes, some of your classes mindful play don't you? what's yeah. your um I think play is something that, as adults, is often looked down on, almost like it's not important. Um, I don't know if you could speak to that.
0: Yeah, I think it's my life's mission to uh, really give people permission, everybody permission to play, because it feels so sad that plays has to end at the end of childhood. Like who said that? <laughs> yeah, yes, so you
1: get to explore and be curious until age twelve, then that's well, it. You're done. <laughs>
0: And they've got, you know, the UN Rights for the Child uh, play is very much stated in that. So play is a protected right for children, but it's not mentioned for adults. So apparently that's it. Yeah, we're just supposed to come on, (laughs) pull up your socks and we're not rewarded for our, our dreaming and our and our play and our and our wandering we're not rewarded for that we're rewarded for our successes and our you know where's your accolade show me your medals. show me your like that's what we're rewarded for and that's what we get a pat on the back for we don't get a pat on the back for you know taking a bit of time out and going for a little walk in the park and feeding the ducks like nobody's there going well done <laughs> And like, we—I feel like we're kind of conditioned by by this society that that wants us to achieve and achieve and achieve things of noteworthy remarkableness. And and it's such a pity because because all the play, play is the stuff that happens in between, and 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 it is actually often the stuff that will get us to creating these incredible things. But if we can't give ourselves permission to play at all, then then the life that we live is very linear. It's very A to B and there's not much discovery or not much adventure in there. And play is, play is the way to adventure. And it feels, you know, I found it time and time again, people come to my workshops and in the first opening circle, we have an opening circle where everybody says hello and why I'm, I'm here because, and so many people in that opening circle say, Look, I'm um, I'm I'm too I'm I'm a bit too old for playing, or you know I'm 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 not I'm not as bendy as I used to be, or you know I'm I'm quite tired actually. Or, you know, there's people come up with a thousand excuses why play is going to be difficult for them. They just want to have that in the circle from the very first. Let's <laughs> just, it's just, just not, established
1: that. This is not
0: like like you all to know play is going to be very hard for me and every time I teach my workshop it's the same thing I get these same these same things and it's just it, it really it makes my heart so sad that that adults have become attached to this idea that they can't play and my work is about helping people find play where they are so you don't have to be young and fit and energetic to play that's that's ridiculous you can play exactly as you are in whatever way you can so if your energy is low so you find a small way of playing so your energy is bouncing off the wall so go for it really express yourself if you're tired oh just you know play in your bed (laughs) (laughs) or if you're if you're very stiff in your joints great find a way of playing with stiff joints that could be loads of fun so it's about embracing where you're at and playing with that instead of kind of continuously thinking about a time when I'm going to be in the perfect state one day when I'm perfectly it's not going to happen
1: yeah totally, (laughs) it's not going to happen and and um I suppose on the the social level, um, computers are better and better and better at performing automated processes. And actually, what's really valuable, increasingly valuable, is coming up with things that are completely new, that aren't just continuing a, a set uh, procedure that's been created in advance. said that in a funny way didn't I but what I mean is like comparing like industrial age working of you have a job you do the job if you compete continually repeat the same action for 20 years that's your job now robots do that and increasingly they'll do it and the real value is in what completely new things people can come up with through um you know play I suppose in business they'd call it innovation or something like that but that thing that happens in an unscheduled manner.
0: Mm. Yeah, and you see, you know, the big the big tech companies have all made space for play within their industries. There's, you know, the beanbag area and here's the place where you play table tennis and here's the place with the swings and they've made their offices really fun places to be with hammocks and swings and bouncy balls. And because they know that, you know, getting people into a playful frame of mind is useful for business. (laughs) It's useful for innovation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Amazing. So, um, You've got um, some classes coming up Holly and a conference Um, and I'm certainly intending to come to your class Uh, so can you tell people a little bit about them?
0: Yes I can so I at the beginning of the pandemic I formed a new company with my friend Robin we formed the Online Clown Academy where we took all of our work online bandy together and we've been running zoom clown courses for the last year and a whole succession of courses and we are just getting to the end of a round of courses and at the end of the round of courses we will have a conference and Yay. the conference is called clowning out of chaos and we're asking uh, how can clowning help us with our inner and outer chaos and how can clowning help us move beyond chaos into creating the world in which we want to live? <gasps> so we're really interested in chaos. I mean, we, you know, we're coming out of lockdown. This has been a chaotic year in so many ways. So we're interested in, yeah, well, how does the clown fit into this landscape of this chaotic landscape? Yes. And, and I'm coming at it from a therapeutic perspective. Um, standpoint so I'm thinking about the personal nature of clowning what what can we kind of get from clowning that will help us deal with chaos and Robin is coming in as a political activist so she uses clowning in her activism so she's looking at how can clowning change the world so we come together this is our second conference we did one back in november that was called clowns in crisis so this is <laughs> this is our second one which is clowning out of chaos where it's a conversation between me and robin and several other clowns who want to participate in exploring yeah what how can clowning help us in chaotic times so we've got loads of stuff on off we've got some laughter yoga sessions to kind of get us into the headspace at the beginning of each day we've got a clown cabaret so some of the clowns that robin and i've been working with over the last year have put together a show actually we're in the process of putting it together right now it's really really fun they're all doing solo pieces um so yeah there's going to be a cabaret there's going to be a panel discussion where we're going to bring loads of other experts in to talk about about clouding and chaos and there's going to be an open space discussion where anyone can come along and set the agenda themselves so anything you want to talk about if you want to run a play session if you want to have a lie down whatever you want to do you can just come along and propose your agenda and we'll make it happen so that's the weekend of the 21st to the 23rd of May and in that I'm going to be doing a taster of uh, the mindful plays sessions Which is uh, I've got a longer course coming up, but I will be offering my little taster of that, and Robin will be offering a little taster of the Activist Clown Toolkit, which is her course. So that I mean, it's a lot, isn't it? It's (laughs) it's an awful lot, but you can look at the link and see for yourself. It's it's pretty simple when you look at it. So that's that. And then in June we've got these courses coming up, and I will be running my Mindful Play Inquiry, and I'm really excited to be running it online for the second time. It's a course that I developed in 2014 I think I first ran it in 2014 in the room and uh, it was part of me wanting to come back to my dissertation research where I was bringing together clowning and reflection and mindfulness so I wanted to come back to that in a different way so I started kind of slamming ideas together and trying them out on guinea pigs And it, and it seemed to work they seemed to like it so I've kind of refined it and refined it and refined it and now I'm in the process of writing a book about it and so it's going to be a guide for group leaders to be able to use the exercises themselves in whatever way they want to use them so I'm going to be running the group again um online and it's a lovely it's a oh, heart it's, it's such a I, it's such a lovely thing to offer I really enjoy offering it so it's it starts with a meditation to kind of to get you into, to get you grounded, to get you into where you are. And then we open up a bit of dialogue around the themes, one of the themes. So the themes we work with are resilience, one of my favourites, play, flow, spontaneity and connection. Those are my themes that kind of came out of my dissertation that I've been wangling with for the last 10 years or longer. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we start with a meditation and then we have a discussion on the theme and then we move into to a guided play session. So a lot of body based play, some vocal play or verbal like we don't use words, but we use sounds. Um, and that's yeah, it's a lot of fun uh but, but also I will pepper in these little reflections guided reflections throughout the session so you can start to kind of take the wisdom from your play and start to find out what that means for you in relation to the theme and then at the end we'll have a bit of a sharing to find out what everybody's discovered but it's like basically for the, the reason why it's so much fun for me is it's basically like being in the room a room full of sages because everybody is just like, so so wise. And the insights that come up through the play are just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of astounding what people what people come up with. And I'm learning and I'm learning all the time. And, and it really, it really inspires me.
1: Amazing, yeah. It yeah. sounds great, Holly. I'd love to come to your class, so um, <laughs> I'll be there. Thank you very much, Holly. It's been great.
0: Such a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Yeah. All right. See you soon.
0: Yay! Bye! Bye.